Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is by the great Robert Frost, an American poet who lived from 1874 to 1963. He was the uh, only poet to receive four Pulitzer Prizes for poetry and uh, certainly one of the most famous and important poets in American history. The poem that I'm going to read today is called Hyla Brook. It goes like this. By June, our brooks run out of song and speed. Sought for much after that, it will be found either to have gone groping underground and taken with it all the hyla breed that shouted in the mist a month ago, like ghosts of sleigh bells and a ghost of snow, or flourished and come up in jewelweed, weak foliage that is blown upon and bent even against the way its waters went. Its bed is left a faded paper sheet of dead leaves stuck together by the heat, a brook to none but who remember long. This, as it will be seen, is other far than with brooks taken otherwhere in song. We love the things we love for what they are. This is a, a classic, you know, not long, but classic Robert Frost poem in some ways. The way he plays with language, there's that line, weak foliage that is blown upon and bent even against the way its waters went. The alliteration, the, the, uh, well, the alliteration puts a lot of strain on your, on you to enunciate, especially when the double use, right? Even against the way its waters went. <laughs> um, that's classic frost. And I, I often thought that he's, he wants us to slow down with his poems. If you've ever heard him read, seems like he reads very slowly. Some poets read more quickly. And I think something like this is an example of him wanting us to slow down. So the poem begins, by June, our brooks run out of song and speed, which is maybe the best way possible of saying that the, uh, you know, the water's gone. <laughs> the hyla, by the way, are, are frogs. I had to look that up. Uh, they're frogs. And uh, the brook has been named for the variety of frogs which they live and they breed in this brook. But as the summer goes along, the brook begins to dry out, but then it comes, you know, it comes back later when the, in the autumn, when the, uh, when the rainy seasons begin, but it dries out for a while. And when the water goes away, the frogs, the hyla, the hyla breed goes away too. You know, what's left is just the jewelweed at the bottom of the bed of the brook are just dead leaves that are pushed together, jammed together, kind of glued together by the heat. I think uh, I imagine there's a lot of people who are listening to this who know the kind of heat I'm talking about. Hope your air conditioning in your car is working better than mine. So then we get that line, a brook to none but who remember long. The memory of the people who, who remember its purpose are what keeps it from just being, you know, a bottoms in the, in the woods somewhere, some bottom land. Maybe maybe a small holler or something like that. The memory during that season is what keeps it what it is. And people who have seen the brook flowing along will remember it that way. That's the way that it will be in their memory. Even as the seasons cycle through, our, our consciousnesses are, are so determined by our memories, the way we think of things and what causes us to love them. Um, things have limitations. The seasons act upon people and places. 
Sometimes there's water there, sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's uh, plenty of water, sometimes seasons are dry. I think that's a pretty universal thing we can all understand, right? That last line is so fascinating. We love the things we love for what they are. It's uh, fascinating because on the one hand, you could say, you know, that our memories help us love things that have changed. That we love things, that we're supposed to love things in the dry season, supposed to be committed to them even when the seasons are dry, right? Think, for example, of loving a spouse or a child or something like that. When it's difficult, we still love them. We remember the days when the brook is full of song and speed. But then I think also, on the other hand, the dry season is part of what makes the brook what it is. It's part of its life cycle. When the frogs are gone, just as when the frogs are there, is is part of its being, its existence. It's part of its ness, right? To, to use the last word of the poem. We love the things we love for what they are. So I think that's also playing into it. That, that we are, the, the dryness, the dry season is part of its existence. It's part of perhaps what we love about it. It's part of what makes us have deep affection and have um, a relationship with, with the place. You know, in this case, it's him and this brook. So I love the complicated suggestiveness of that. Uh, I'll read this one more time for you and then um, bring another poem to you on Monday. Hyla Brook, Robert Frost. By June, our brooks run out of song and speed. Sought for much after that, it will be found either to have gone groping underground and taken with it all the hyla breed that shouted in the mist a month ago, like ghosts of sleigh bells and a ghost of snow, or flourished and come up in jewelweed, weak foliage that is blown upon and bent even against the way its waters went. Its bed is left the faded paper sheet of dead leaves stuck together by the heat, a brook to none but who remember long. This, as it will be seen, is other far than with brooks taken otherwhere in song. We love the things we love for what they are. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Monday with another poem for you. 